Welcome to How to Be Unpopular podcast number 140, I think. I just recorded a really good intro, and the curse of the solo podcast mess up continues. Uh, it said card full. <laughs> so I lost a whole bunch of a podcast, and so um, I'm going to be talking again. Talking again. It's Sunday. Um, and it's and it's the second of June. It's it's the beginning of the the rest of your life and filming season. Uh, filming season. Anywho, I'm I'm finding myself uh, slightly hungover today. It feels weird to try and talk again, but we're just gonna do it anyway. A little bit hungover. Um, just light, not too much. Um, Living on this street, trucks and motorcycles love to rev their shit. And now, maybe at the end of their life when they're dying, they're in their deathbed, they're gonna think, I'm really glad that I revved my shit. Anyway, light hangover. Uh, I experimented with caffeine I'm sorry, a coffee drink today for the first time in about a month. You know, I wasn't I wasn't enjoying the coffee high. I was chasing <laughs> chasing the coffee dragon from the from the first time I tried caffeine. Um, the first time I tried caffeine was uh, in maybe 2002. I don't know if I've told the story, but I, I got a sandwich combo from Tim Hortons, and um, it came with a, a coffee. And it was a winter day in in Canada, Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada at the uh, MacArthur Island Rotary uh, Skate Park that you've seen in all the videos and uh, it was it was very uh, comforting to have a warm beverage you know I think I had got hot chocolate before but this is the first time I got coffee and I remember the buzz being very interesting because it wasn't like one of those sugar buzzes uh, it it warmed up the body felt like the blood was circulating quite a bit I was chattier and uh, it didn't last for a super long time, but uh, I remembered enjoying the coffee high. It still feels kind of dirty, like a like a coffee high, because the ugh, the come down after you've been grinding your jaw and talking to people about nothing for a long time, then the the sun comes up and uh, you're dehydrated. And anyways, the what really clicked with me and coffee was um we would. Edit Cirque du Soleil after we all got off work. We all had jobs worked out that we got off around 11 o'clock at night, and we would get together to edit sections of Cirque du Soleil, and then we would go to Tim Hortons, and then, and I got I got a coffee, and it was then when drinking coffee really clicked, because music sounds really good. You have a million ideas a minute. You talk a lot. Um, it speeds up the process of. Uh, of doing certain things. I found though lately the, the reason I just went back to tea was, you know, I was just a user and a junkie. I was just chasing the high. I wasn't really getting what I needed out of coffee anymore. Uh, so today, it kind of had that dirty feeling again and it's probably because it mixed with the hangover. I have a beer recommendation by the way, Super Jupiter Grapefruit IPA. Yum. It doesn't taste super grapefruity, but if you like strong fort, Fort is in French. Beer. 
uh, Super Jupiter IPA. It comes in like a big jug thing. Uh, yeah, it's like having two and a half pints gets you right pissed if you need to catch up. You know, if you, you, you know, you come up to someone at a party and they're like, and you're like, I'm just trying to talk to you, man. You know, you have to get to their level, so you shotgun a couple, you get good and pissed. Oh, no, I did it wrong. Fubar, by the way. That was a Fubar quote. Um, by the way, if anyone can find the... I looked for it online for an article. I'm going to do the best what-the-fuck moments in skate videos. And I'm looking for the start of the Battle My Crew uh, future prospects section, where the guy's like, so your niggas wanna battle We can take it to the streets Can you believe that that actually happened? I I was saying to Todd, it's like, I don't know if that was coke that they were using at that point, but I don't know what would make you think that that was a good idea and it's amazing that it happened and it needs to be celebrated uh, Hopefully more moments too. And I And I was also thinking about not that this would make it into the article, well, it could, um, but to bring it to pants right away, um, Chris Farmer in the Demode trailer, when he had traded in his sweatpants for, uh, you know, maybe a little bit tighter of a cut black pant, it was like a quick fakie to Royale or something, he was in the trailer, and the rollerblading, rollerblading the religion and the tribe lost their shit, I couldn't believe it, it's changed forever, we're still talking about it. You'll still find comments on YouTube. I'm surprised Barely Dead didn't have an entire section about pants. They probably could dedicate like 10 minutes of that video to pants. That was a... Uh, yeah. So things like that. Anyways, if someone can find that Battle My Crew uh, section. I swear it's online, but they had cut out that intro. You gotta let those embarrassing things, you gotta set them free so they can be celebrated. <laughs> it's not like can you imagine Joe Navron and, and, and Josh Petty and them being like you know I was thinking about that that was a really good idea it's aged really well I want to share it with all my friends and family <laughs> uh, so your niggas want to battle we can take it to the streets but to flip the script anyways Getting to back to my point, the caffeine also wasn't that that good because uh, that dirty feeling because of because of the light hangover as well. Now, don't think of this as an offensive thing because I don't like using the H word, but there's those days where you're hungover and you just hate people's faces. I hope you guys know what that means because I've said that before and I think people get it when I say that. You know, there's just days where you don't like people and that's definitely because of the alcohol so I kind of had that mood a little bit today and you know mixing with the caffeine it really you know I just didn't get what I needed out of the caffeine so for coffee no I think I'm gonna go longer the the sustained relaxed energy that you get from not drinking coffee once your body adjusts you sleep better uh, it's easier to wake up um, it's uh, your fight, fight or flight. I mean, and this can depend on the introverted, extroverted thing that we're talking about. Sometimes it feels like your system's built differently. So that feeling that you get when you think you're getting pulled over by a cop and it's that fight or flight, that like the Metal Gear sound, how I've said, you know, when, when you get 
uh, that huh, nervous system hit and it feels like you want to piss or shit and that you need to run or something like that. I find that coffee, we live in such a uh, over-stimulating world that uh, by not drinking coffee, you're taking the first step into maybe going into more of a natural flow and rhythm, but to each their own. I, I just found I was junky. I was up to, you know, two and a half, three cups a day, and it just wasn't doing it for me. And I thought it was. It was a crutch. And uh, I'm off of it now. So we have some good podcasts coming up this week. Frank Stoner. Um, I'm going to do one with Tree. Um, we might do one with Anonymous Rollerblader. We'll see if Todd and I can do one. Um, we've been filming for Mushroom Blading 7, Big Wheels, and I felt right there that I was doing this stupid voice. Like, you know there's those YouTube channels where people talk like this, and then they do the cut thing, and they're playing this character? What can you do? Really, what can you do? It's hard. It's hard. There is a point where you get into a flow where you might start to sound more like yourself, but I guess... You know, it takes a lot of courage to, to get up here and talk to a microphone just by yourself. You gotta give me some credit. <laughs> um, I gotta tell you, filming for Big Wheels has been the best filming experience by far. There's been a lot of good ones, but I'm telling you, the Seba Skate with the rockered frame makes every session an incredible uh, journey of adventure and discovery. It sounded like a pitch for an animated film, but it's true. You can go to very simple, simple spots and always come up with new stuff. Um, and I and I am still trying to spin the opposite way. This I think this is going to be the best video. I'm not biased, but I think I just have a feeling. I have a really good feeling. Wacky mode would have been way better with these skates too. I must admit, when when you do go back to aggressives, aggressive quote unquote skates from after skating these sebas, they kind of feel like shit. They're still really fun for certain things, like uh, they're very fun for grinds and certain grabs and spins and things, like for basic trick skating, they're fun. So there's certain spots where aggressives would really work, but uh, once you get over the withdrawal period and you really start to get used to the way the Sebas feel and how smooth and fast and responsive they are, your the actual like way that you look at skating completely opens up and then you can't imagine you can imagine a mix of the two that you want to have your aggressive skates mixed with your sebas i think it's possible so i hope that this video marks kind of a new era of the cuz there's only four mushroom bladings left until it evolves into something different so, I hope by that time there's a hybrid of the two skates. The, I made that little REMS edit and I put so much... Why do you have to rev your shit? I get it.
I get it, it's probably very, it's a good man checklist thing to have a machine that makes a lot of noise when you press gas. Anyways. I, making that REMS edit, I just want to bring something up that trying to be hard on yourself to make a really good edit is such a stupid idea. You should just tap into how you think and feel at that moment and try and bring that into what you're making if you're making an, an edit or a video. Trying to force yourself to make something really good and to be stuck on the results or the outcome. Whether, whether you put something up that gets zero comments or a hundred or ten views or a million views isn't going to change anything at all. The whole idea of worrying about making something good is a goddamn disease. And I'm, I get infected by it still because a lot of my favorite moments in skate videos and a lot of my favorite stuff has nothing to do with trying to be impressive and trying to be the best. It, it's uh, that, that adventure, discovery, accident, humor kind of all mixed in one. And I do love oh shit moments, like oh shit that trick was amazing, but I feel like it's the year 2013 and and we can explore new things. It kind of relates to that thing, like why do we make edits, you know? So I was happy to make something very relaxed that wasn't really trying to do or be anything. But in the moment I remember I was I was trying, like, you start to think that you have an audience of people that you need to impress. Like, oh, I need, I should throw in, like, I should totally backslide the 12 step or, or do a trick with a backslide. Or uh, I should do a true Mizu because I can do that trick and uh, my audience would be, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. But I'm getting over it a little. I find that as I get older and, and a more objective perspective on skating, I've, especially with these Sebas and going way outside of my comfort zone filming uh, the Big Wheels video because it's going to be kind of like a a much different way of, of filming a video and trying to come up with tricks. In all honesty, it should have been this way since the first mushroom blading. It should have been in these style skates. I'll admit that right now. That's how good it's going to be. It's going to be so good that it's going to be like, <laughs> never mind. Uh, I Don't drink caffeine, don't drink coffee and have an allergy pill before yoga. You'll be a prisoner in your body and you'll beat the shit out of yourself inside of your brain. It's a, oh, I'm off the allergy pills too. I don't know if there's mind control stuff in there, but I swear they're, they're, designed to make you feel shittier and more just like numbed out and uh, not not yourself Ugh. not good I'll I'll take the the itchy eyes and the runny nose and all that stuff I'll just power through it you know just power through it so there's this question inspired from a quote that I think I I posted on our social networking site and uh, it was who does rollerblading attract? And I was watching this 
documentary on straight edge culture, which was really annoying because of course it's annoying to be an alcoholic or a drug addict, but, but to be completely on the other end of the spectrum is just as annoying. If you know what I mean? Uh, you know, if you're swaying somewhere in the middle and you have both sides of the equation, uh, I think there's something to be said about being in the flow of life if you're there. Anyways, yeah, there is a lot of irritating stuff in the Straight Edge documentary. Not that I don't like the idea of being Straight Edge. I found there were some incredibly well-spoken people with good points and they looked really healthy, but they had a touch of the crazies because maybe deep down inside they just wanted drink a fucking beer just one just have one beer but there was this quote um guy from a uh santa cruz punk band i can't remember the name probably on fat records he looked like the, the california punker with the bleached slick hair or whatever and he said if he was a 14 year old today uh he wouldn't be into punk rock and and he, then he's like, and that frightens me. And then I thought of the same thing for, for rollerblading in that I don't think I would be into rollerblading today um, because it, and I, I don't know if this is just the objective thing again, but rollerblading seemed to attract a very specific type of person who, and, and you know, Arlo's blueprint, obviously, what he took from skateboarding worked really well, mixed with, uh, some other talented people, obviously, like Chris Edwards. And I never saw some of the earliest people, like Doug Boyce, but his some of the footage I've seen is badass. But there's like a... that The original feeling of like... Uh, an empty vehicle for expression is the quote that I remember Arlo had in One Love. And I don't... I feel like it's not... It's more that religion with the rules now where it's less about uh, celebrating diversity, creativity, freedom, rawness, weirdness, where that stuff happens, obviously, but the people who are doing that are the people who have kind of grown up through skating, but people who are getting into it, it's probably confusing to, to imagine, like, what, if you're a 14-year-old, why or how you would get in skating. Because, first of all, you, you're going to look awkward and weird and uncool and dorky when you strap wheels to your feet, especially if they're aggressive skates. The experience of skating is not that fun. Um, you want to be strong and cool and, and fit in with your peers and be a part of something when you're 14. That's what kind of attracted me to, to skating. I think I got, I got rollerblades when I was, you know, 11 or 12 or something. And then um, I got into doing tricks shortly after that. But the thing that like really clicked, and I said this before, the thing that really clicked with skating for me was there was uh, video, music, freedom, expression, creativity, uh, adventure. You could be whatever you wanted to be through skating. And obviously I wasn't for the first 10 years because I was maybe even more because I was just imitating what I saw. But that you can kind of like, there's something of yourself that emerges through skating, and a lot of the best people, uh, a lot of the best skating and the best 
people that we love to watch their skating, like you think of Walt Austin or Matthew Heineman, like there's such a signature vision that can emerge through skating where people can be this version of themselves where they can't be anywhere else. Like, um, I, I did this Michael Jackson airband when, uh, when I was in grade two or something. And, uh, I just spun a lot on stage. So, I mean, and I was always kind of a goof, like a silly, little bit of a wise ass, but shy, really into music, loved videos. It's like I could spin and be a goof and I loved the skating aspect of hockey. I was a hockey player. All this stuff combined into skating and then it's like, do 14 year olds now, do they know, like, do they connect with that part or do they just want to learn the religion and wear the uniform? I don't know. That's confusing me. It's, I mean, it's more of a question again, like who does rollerblading attract? Uh, I feel like it's different than from what it is, is now. And it's too bad that there should be more weird, raw, unique stuff being made. And I'm sure there, there is, but not to the extent of the original vision of a, of a empty vehicle for expression. Why is it that things feel more the same than ever when it's 2013? I always say that, but it's like, there should be so much avant-garde, weird stuff being celebrated within skating. I guess it could just be... Maybe I'm just very weird. But who knows? Um, and a, another point to that, there's nothing you can do to convince people otherwise of of rollerblading being cool. There's nothing you can do. And that should be used to your advantage when you make things. If that relates at all to the who does rollerblading attract. Yeah, you know, you would think rollerblading would attract some kind of like eccentric individuals. But the fact that we don't celebrate that there's nothing you can do to convince people rollerblading is cool. There's this defensive, self-conscious undercurrent that quite often is not talked about in skating that I'd love to highlight more as I go on and, and make stuff, but it's hard to articulate. No one ever really admits to that, 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 uh, that so many people still like me personally, I have a gaping hole instead of a chip on my shoulder of, of hurt because uh, I feel so defensive still because like I had compared it to skateboarding for so long, but it's not even close to the same thing. But it hasn't been around long enough to emerge as something different. Um, so it's confused, you know? It's still a confused 20-year-old. It... It's just trying to figure its shit out. A really important thing to ask too is, uh, have you ever just asked yourself, why am I doing this? Have, 
do have your moment. Rev it. Fat man on the motorcycle. You ask yourself, why am I doing it? You might get some really interesting answers. That's where, over the years, I've just been so inspired to break out of the idea of trick skating and aggressive skating because it's kind of a fluke that it got as big as it did and it's weird that a lot of people still exist in the structure of skating as the religion, aggressive skating as the religion and the tribe and uh, more people should be leaving the tribe and uh, starting hundreds of thousands of micro tribes and then there's like a there's like a tribal council that uh, I don't I don't know where I'm going with that, but hopefully that made sense. For me now, skating is a symbol of freedom and meditation, and it's it's the access point to that deep part of me that uh, originally connected with it, which I guess comes back to freedom. But uh, I think for me, the kid doing the Michael Jackson air band and spinning around on the stage and the goofball in drama class that enjoyed pushing the envelope and and uh, getting a rise out of people uh, it's gotta be the inner child I think that's for me why I still skate and uh, unfortunately when you're a 30 year old 31 year old man uh, in a lightly uh, blue-collar, hickish town with a lot of dirt bikes and trucks and that weird uh, skate culture crossover with the hick culture, which I still don't get, um, to, to enjoy an empty vehicle for expression and freedom where you attach wheels to your feet and make bizarre videos, you know, sometimes it's, you'd rather not bring it up. <laughs> and it's hard to uh, relate to, s anyways. Namaste. <laughs> Lastly, before I go into my, my original topics from the, from the old podcast, um, I just want to reiterate that, that the fact that there's nothing you can do to convince people that rollerblading is interesting or cool or exciting or dangerous, that's totally something that can be used to your advantage at many points. And what we often think is a mark against rollerblading, which has been said before, is is like one of the most exciting parts that it's such a bizarre eccentric activity that is unlike anything else and and uh, by breaking out of the old aggressive skating mold that we all grew up with that structure and and going to new places which I guess is gonna bring me perfectly to the first edit uh, you realize that people connect with things that are breaking out of the old mold so this brings me to the Seba India edit and also the, I think it's the Shanghai, the China one. They're both on Vimeo. They're both over 100,000 views, which, you know, in, in the end is not important, but there's a lot of comments 
from people. The first, that China one, was a staff pick, and uh, there's been a lot of comments from people who had never seen skating before in that style. And and uh, I fuck, I love those edits so much. I watch them quite a bit, especially the China one. Um, it's funny to think that that aggressive skating the religion would probably say oh that's not that's not what we do that like we're so based off of the skateboarding model still that was original the Arlo blueprint a lot of people don't ask you know why they have these subconscious reactions to things those Seba edits and like the Greg, I don't know how to say his name, Mazorian or or whatever. That's like, that's that's closer to, and the power blading it. It's like that sketching one. That's closer to the original reason why a lot of the first generation of people got into skating. The 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 aping skateboarding was secondary to the original pure freedom fun, open in the streets, going fast, skating, carving, turning, jumping over random shit. The the aggressive skating part was secondary to the original experience of skating. And this Seba India edit, when it has tricks, the tricks are secondary to the world and the experience of the edit. It's so good. If you haven't watched it, you must. The speed and the freedom alone in these, in these edits, uh, you don't see in in traditional trick skating media and edits. You just don't see it. Um, yeah, so that's the first thing that I'm gonna that I want to talk about. I'm just gonna do a quick pause here. I'm very hungry. You know, I think a big thing with that Seba edit is there's a big difference between people experiencing the world in having an adventure and sharing it and people trying to fabricate an experience and trying to show you how they think you're supposed to experience their experience if that makes any sense at all. I'll try and say that again. So the Seba edit was people experiencing the world on skates and sharing that. And I watch a lot of edits where it's people trying <clears throat> trying to forcefully show me how they think they're supposed to experience the world. I hope that makes some sense. That's why the Seba edit was so good. A lot of the best stuff that I really connect with is people experiencing the world, capturing little pieces of it and then sharing that. With, with the online world now and it being so easy to make stuff, there's people like replicating how they think other people, like they see other people doing it one way, one way and they try and replicate that and like, this is how we think we're supposed to experience the world and then we're going to capture that. I mean, it's lacking the life. And that sub-edit had everything, especially like I said, the tricks are secondary to the whole world and feel of the edit. The tricks are just bonus. I mean, you you think about how interesting it is that people are watching them more than them actually doing tricks. Um, 
you just can't fuck with those those two Seba edits. They've actually really changed the way between those and um, Imagine Blade Shun. I've <clears throat> the shock video as well, but I mean that's an entirely different story. But between Imagine Blade Shun and those Seba edits, they've really sparked my imagination on what's possible. If you were to mix like Imagine Blade Shun and a Seba edit together, that would be like the ultimate for me. Um, I love when he jumps over the cow too. So I got more topics written down here. Uh, one girlfriend's guide to dating a rollerblader. I actually haven't got to that yet, so I will get to that on another podcast when I start reading through it because um, I'm sure there's a lot of really good stuff on it. I'm sure my girlfriend and other people's girlfriends would connect with a lot of it. Um, feet, smelly feet specifically, but I'm very self-conscious of that and I try and wash them as much as possible after sessions. These, these liners, holy fuck. These current intuition liners. They're the best liners I've ever skated, but oh, I keep them in a garbage bag now. <laughs> to and from sessions. Create suspensions, okay. <clears throat> I did not I followed the Kickstarter very closely. I was excited that it reached its goal. I did not actually support the Kickstarter, um, and I will try them. But let me just open my little disgusting little chap chapstick habit. I need to I need to apply. Um, when you try like some good like like the undercover poured 80 millimeter wheels on rockered frames with good bearings I bet they're not even suspension but they feel better than suspension frames would I think I'm interested in trying the suspension frames um, and you know physics did go over cracks very well but I'm telling you and it doesn't have to be Seba's it could be a, a rockered setup on like a nice rollerblade boot or, or KT, I don't know, just on a nice boot with a nice, uh, where am I going with this? You just can't fuck with like a quality, solid, recreational or free skating boot. Uh, there's more, okay, th oh sorry, this is my point. You can skate some really shitty spots and they feel super smooth in uh, like the current setup that I have. So I don't think suspension frames, they can't deliver the experience of skating that I can get from my current setup, uh, my free style setup, or I don't know what I'm gonna call that. Cause I, I feel like people probably get tired of hearing Seba, so I, my, my Leon Pro Skate setup, I don't know. Um, and again, I don't make commission. I make no commission. Um, so that's all I have to say about crate suspensions, because, yeah, I'll try them. I'm interested to see how other people skating might evolve. Uh, you know, the physics video is really, really, really amazing. Um, and a lot of people did a lot of amazing shit on physics, so hopefully the same thing will happen. What are you chewing? Oh my god, got a Q-tip, just a second. 
course you fished a Q-tip out of the garbage can. Um, let's see. I have a note here. Uh, K2 2013 boot. I don't know what that, what the question was. Uh, you can't fuck with the fatty boot for price, comfort, half sizes. Um, it's all black. That's my opinion on that. Uh, look at skating's history and look at people skating the fatty boot. Probably the, the non-UFS ones would be even better, but you can't mess with that boot still. Like, uh, when there's companies putting skins over, a, a, what, a 15 to 20 year old shell, and and people are like, blah, blah, K2. The fatty is amazing. Like, if you... If you can get over the fact that there's no team, which really, who cares? We this is the year 2013. Uh, the idea of a pro pro rollerblader is either open to interpretation or completely dead. Uh, and half sizes, come on, really? What other companies have true half sizes? Um, Frankie at oh, actually, we'll go to the Ledoux Pro Skate. I have that written down the idea of pro boots. This is an interesting one and Matthew Ledoux probably said it best himself. Uh, it's cool to have a pro skate in his mind but it doesn't change anything for him. Um, I do believe there's a pro boot curse that can happen sometimes. Not to everyone. Um, but what I always really like is, is Todd's idea of um, I would much rather have a really high quality skate that everyone uses and I think the idea of pro boots is kind of old school but I, I do like the idea of um, someone's vision for a skate being put into play um, but you know I really haven't thought about it too much I personally, I don't, it doesn't matter to me if the pro, if it's a pro boot or not, it has to be a good, a good skate that's comfortable and, uh, and looks good. Usually, like, I would, I would be okay if all of the skates for the rest of time were all black. Um, I don't know if I answered anything there. Frankie edit. I don't know what Frankie edit, uh, this, cause this, these were old, old notes. Uh, hands down, I still like Frankie more in Rems. I've said it before, I'll say it again. There was the more recent one where he was like at that park uh, in the hood that they always skate, or I just I assume that it's in the hood. And uh, he seemed a little bit more Frankie, but there's something about... Uh, there's people who just can't rock the carbons very well. Uh, Montre and Frankie both, I, f I find the skates just don't suit them as well as the other skates that they've had. I don't know if they're still getting used to them or what the, the boot's too stiff. Because there's people like Richie who rocks them amazingly. I don't know if he's on the carbon free or not. When I say carbon free, it's like I, I'm saying three wrong, but it's carbon free. Yeah, I don't know what it is about those carbon boots. They just, uh... Ledoux rocks them pretty well. And, uh... I did really like those release edits with the slow motion 
tricks. Uh, I would love to have seen a full edit. Like I was hoping those were teasers for a full edit. I don't think a full edit ever, ever came out, but uh, um, yeah, I like that. I, I think he in in the game of Pro Boots, if there was a game, he deserved one as soon as that first uh, South Park edit came out. Um, because there's probably a lot of people who stumble across Matthew Ledoux stuff um, and they're his favorite skater. It's like, I think it's that classic thing that if you look at through the lens of skating as a religion, there's probably a lot of people who think it's weird that Matthew Ledoux has a pro skate, but it's very logical uh, if you're not in the religion of aggressive skating to be like, Oh, th that Matthew the Do guy is amazing. I've stumbled across his stuff on YouTube. Oh, he has pro skate. Oh, I definitely get his. I like his skating the most. You know, like judging his skating outside of the the religion and the tribe. Um, he's someone who can, you know, a f the fourteen year old could get into rollerblading through Matthew the Do. So, and I've I actually. I talked to some BMXer kid who was getting a pair of skates and he was going to get the Matthew Ledoux skates and uh, Rail's brother I think just got back into skating and he got the Matthew Ledoux skates so boom. How about that? Um, 80 millimeter setups and aggro bladers. This, these are all notes that I wrote down from people asking on Facebook. There's been a lot of talk about this one specifically. Oh dog on the floor, you're pouting. We'll go for a walk after this. There's been a lot of talk of this, and and Leon pretty much said it best. There, uh, there's a with so to bring it back to the the religion part of aggressive skating and trick skating is incredibly dangerous, and uh, it's hindering the development and growth of where skating could go and where it could be taken to. Uh, obviously some really good stuff has been made with with the 80 millimeter wheels uh, and it's not so much millimeters as it is just bigger wheel setups the Seba edit the Greg Mazorian I don't know his name the the bombing the salt mine some of the Richie and Dustin stuff um, the Jeremiah Dor Doherty power blade edit um, Matthew Ledoux's power blade edit there's people who have really just started to scratch the surface and and uh, you get that excitement of the freedom and the speed and the control of big wheels but to bring it back to the point uh, Leon says there's a very specific withdrawal period where when you try big wheels you think that you're missing out by not having your aggressive skates and 50 whatever millimeter wheels and not being able to grind as much and that's I think the biggest reason why a lot of people don't use the setup still you know you would think there would be uh, you know mind-blowing revolutionary edits of people who refuse to skate anything else and just skate 80 millimeter wheels or or bigger wheels and and that's their setup that's the way that they skate for the next five years or something but um, it's the withdrawal period because we live in a time of wanting quick fixes you know people want to do 
uh, 10 sit-ups and then look in the mirror right away and see if they have a six-pack or uh, take a pill for dieting or you know we want like the quick easy fix and uh, we don't allow oh I feel really nasally right now we, we don't allow time to to get used to things um, oh I tooted and that that's a big thing like uh, I was going through the withdrawal period when I first started skating my sebas like you think in your head, oh yeah, they're they're really good, but um, I could do this on on my rems or my aggressive skates. I still don't like using that term aggressive skates, but and then you realize that you have all of these years. That, like for me, it's two decades of programming of like the lens that I saw skate spots through was specifically through aggressive skates. And the funny part was from the first mushroom blading up until the recent one, all of those videos would have been better if they would have been not even in Sebas, but in like a lot of those videos could have been better just in like a free skate. Um, there's some stuff that maybe we wouldn't have been able to do, but I think what we were trying to find, uh, the path that we were trying to find it's a lot clearer now with bigger wheels and uh, it's so different from the experience of having aggressive skates especially in terms of the way you use open space and gliding and edges and speed control um, it's all the things that aggressive skating wasn't but rollerblading when it emerged was, if that makes any sense, and the tricks are secondary to the actual feel and experience of skating, so we're so uh, conditioned by, again, the original blueprint of skateboarding, and and we apply that to our experience of skating, That that's what affects people trying 80 millimeter setups, because everyone talks about, well, what was the first thing that happened when powerbuilding came out? Everyone was, like, skating ledges and shit, and that's just we have this weird, the religion, right? The religion says to not, that you gotta do ledges and shit, but that's the problem. That's the problem. Sorry, I just gotta let the dog out. Um, so hopefully there's something there. It's the withdrawal period that, that we can't get through. One second. Fakey 540s. Now, there's a lot of fakie 540s happening, and uh, I just wanted to say my personal favorite fakie 540s were Josh Petty, where he goes quickly fakie and does a 540, and I really like ungrabbed ones, specifically. Um, there's probably some old school fakie 540s that I could cite, but Josh Petty is the first person that comes to mind for my favorite fakie 540s, and... Uh, if anyone wants to know how to do my favorite fakie 540, watch Josh Petty. And you just can't mess with forward 540s still. Something about, you know how it's really hard to 360 gaps and make it look good? I find that uh, fakie 5s are the, the same thing. Really hard to, to land them properly. If, if uh, 
if there's fakey 540s that I'm missing, I'm thinking more like from older videos because new fakey 540s, I haven't really seen one that I absolutely love. So the Josh Petty one that I'm thinking of was just he did a really simple one on like an ASA course and it was a quick fakey to fakey 540. So it almost looked like a, like a forward 720 with a two foot med spin in the middle of it, if that makes any sense. Take a sip of the beer here. Mm. Bake frames. Um, I'd really love to try them. Uh, I think that uh, the ultimate experience of of big wheels is with like a with a really 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 solid uh, one piece like metally frame design with solid bolts like non UFS um, but uh, I'd be really I'm interested to see like an edit of someone using I need to be convinced of of bake frames being like kind of a step toward how I'm saying uh, my ultimate skate would have they would feel like my Sebas and my Rems combined maybe with a bit of old school K2 in there or maybe some Solomon Jado thrown in for good measure but I, I find that UFS um, can can be so uh, clunky and, and aggressive boots aren't necessarily designed f to have big wheels on them, although they can be fun. Uh, I need to like see an edit of someone skating bake frames that, you know, convinces me. It would be cool to, to try them um, with like uh, 72s in the middle and like 68s on the outside. Um, so I have like rocker setup, but like, I mean, I do kind of miss Royales, so maybe to to mix some of the stuff I've been experimenting with in my Sebas with with frontside Royals. Although I did frontside a ledge the other day, um, in in the Sebas with eighty millimeter wheels. So that's I don't know. They look cool, and seventy uh, two is nice because it's <clears throat> it's not super high off the ground like the eighties. That's one thing that takes a while to get used to when you start skating the bigger wheels is they're higher off the, off the ground, which which doesn't help the aggressive skate withdrawal period at all. But, um, yeah, between too big and not too small, speed and turning, all that stuff, yeah, I'd be really interested in trying them, but I just feel like they wouldn't work very well uh, with my REMS skate, specifically. Um, so... You know, I'll just stick to my my Volo frame, which is just consistently good and cheap and solid. I love those frames. They're so good. If you haven't tried them, <clears throat> they're awesome. They'd be really good for anti-rocker too. Um, I think it's funny that they that the Volo stock frame is the best flat frame because um, I tried Create Originals and they just felt really cheap and clunky. I did not like them at all. The hardware and just they'd probably be fun for um, anti-rocker but you just can't beat the, like 
you can crank the bolts so tight on the volo frames and they're super solid um, you just can't mess with that and they're like five or ten bucks uh, big break contest <clears throat> um, see these are all old notes I didn't follow the big break contest too much uh, I thought it was a really good idea I think it's cool when uh, these online things happen like the AIL competition and I think it's a f very forward-thinking way of uh, getting people to make content um, that's it I think the, the more online edit thingies the better because it <clears throat> it just regardless of if it's a contest or not motivations to to make to go out and make something is always good in in my opinion because when you're 80 you're you're always going to be saying to yourself I wish I did more I wish I filmed more stuff I wish I experimented more I don't know um yeah what's the it's better to regret something you have done than to regret something you haven't satan 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 oh no that's the wrong uh the Butthole Surfers album. And he's like, oh yeah, and if if you see your mother, can you tell her, Satan, Satan, Satan. <laughs> uh, Shane Conn remake edit. Uh, I haven't watched this, so let's, let's have a viewing. So Shane Conn remake 2, 2012. I really liked the, there was a stair ride, there was a carve into a, there was like, I really like the between parts of the tricks a lot. Wasn't completely down with the song. I love that he skates uh, Shadows Flat. It's a very uh, specific style where like you rock, like there's some little things I remember when I skated my Shadows Flat. I did, they were fun to ride like the paddle boards, paddle boards with wheels under your feet. Um, and it feels like he's slowly coming into his own or something like that. You know, you can still feel the influence of, of uh, you know, things like Pariah, Roscoe, and Bellino and all that stuff. But uh, good stuff. I wonder where that is. Some really interesting, dingy spots. The last trick was awesome. Soul into the bank, and I really liked he did like a drop soul thing. Uh, it almost looked like he bonked the stair to soul. He reminds, his skating reminds me a lot of, I can't remember, he, it's the guy who has a section in on top with like the messy hair, is it Brenton Wheeler? He's like the heir to Brenton Wheeler with maybe, yeah, yeah. It was, the, the song didn't do it for me, but, um, but as a modern street skating edit, 7 out of 10. On to... FTB by Dom West. Let's check it out. FTB, Dom West. I loved all of it. Gotta say, UK's killing it right now. Joe Atkinson is one of my favorite skaters. Definitely. Um, 
can't fuck with uh, a videographer that can skate because does, does Don West have a section? Because he's really good. Um, this was a lot better than um, this is probably one of his best things he's made. Uh, it had a really good old mixed with new vibe like this and Fish Guys 2 are really great representations of like modern trick skating and style uh, that Dan Sterling section was amazing all the music was good all the filming was good it seems like an extension of like a good when VG was good like if VG still existed this is what it would feel like kind of and um and consistently in this video, uh, it's also cool because it's short, but it's long enough to for you to have an experience. Uh, lots of good, good all around. Um, something about the UK skating is like they're very, uh, everyone's really stylish. Kind of like you, if you watch a video from Japan, everyone's really stylish. It kind of has that vibe too. It's kind of like a grown up version of trick skating, if that makes any sense. And like Elliot Stevens and Joe Atkinson, come on. You can't fuck with that. Um, and Mike Salt is so awesome. Uh, if you've never, if you've ever got a chance to see that, uh, used to get high, I think is the name of the edit. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I don't even know how to explain Mike Salt. He's, he seems like a true original in skating. Like, what he was wearing in that edit was amazing. It looked like a bullfighter uniform or something. I'm not sure. Or, yeah, like a weird sash thing. Um, it was awesome to see new stuff of Ollie Short. Uh, there was good little bits of, like, lifestyle and hangout. It was it had a really good, like, London vibe to it, obviously. Really captured, like, the feel of the city. Kudos kudos all around and I'm tired now um thanks for hanging out with me good night talk soon